Welcome. We have a great addition for you tonight. As we look at the protests around the world, we're going to take you on a geographical quest to see what other people think about tyrannical people oppressing them and taking away their liberty and their free rights. Stick around. We have incredible footage for you tonight. We are going to be going through Europe and just taking you through this process to see how people are speaking up because they feel like their civil liberties, their personal rights are being violated when they are being forced to either have a vaccine card or digital passport, as we're going to see over in Europe and what's going on there. And oftentimes what happens in Europe leaps the pond and comes to visit us. So we're just, this is just a, a preview of maybe the next year or so here in America. We'll see. But how do we react? There's a place for civil disobedience. I'm not talking about violence. I'm not talking about somehow some insurrection that people would call it. But basically having a dis dissenting opinion, a dissenting view, and also standing up for your rights when they're violated, especially in the land of the free and the home of the brave, where we the citizens are those who elect uh those who are the officials, the government officials, and they govern by our consent. And if we don't consent, we have to make our voice known. You know, most of us are just hardworking people. We work hard, we love our families, we're taking care of them, we're taking the kids to soccer or baseball, we're loving on our grandkids, we're having a, uh, roasting some hot dogs on a Saturday, we're just loving life. We are obeying the laws of the land, we pay our taxes, we love our neighbors, but we're not out in the streets when we have liberty just to live our life. But when government presses in, especially to the physical realm of what they want to do to our bodies, like we're going to see in Europe, 
and uh, the lockdowns that are going on. And I want you to know we're going to go through Europe and we're going to end up down under in the land down under, which is mind blowing to me. But down in Australia is one of the most oppressive examples of tyranny on the globe right now. Who would have thought that our friends down under would get to that place? But there's a point and a time where people should speak up, stand up, and let their voice be heard. And we're going to see that's what people do, are doing right now, this week, around the world. Abraham Lincoln said, To sin by silence when they should protest, make cowards of men. When we're silent, when we should be speaking up, it turns us into cowards. Now we're going to start as 200,000 people take it to the streets in France. Arguments over the COVID-19 Green Pass, as it's become known, are continuing throughout France. Around 200,000 people took to the streets to protest against any kind of government control that would limit access to public spaces. In Paris, a demonstration resulted in clashes with police. Personally, I'm not vaccinated and I won't be. It doesn't matter what we're forbidden from doing, going to stores, swimming pools, cinemas, it doesn't matter. Life is priceless. Freedom, that's precisely it. Freedom not to be vaccinated and not to give in to the government's blackmail. Across the border in Switzerland, opposition to COVID vaccines is not as strong, but still more than 4,000 people gathered in Lucerne to protest against any kind of vaccine restrictions. Like the demonstrators in France, they see such a policy as an attack on civil liberties. And in neighbouring Italy, there were two protests in Rome. One was organised by political groups opposed to restrictions on vaccinated people and the other by bar and restaurant owners. The Green Pass will be required in the country from August the 6th to enter most indoor public spaces. From France to Switzerland to Italy, the Green Pass is something that in the EU, which is a um, basically like a barcode that holds all of your information, it's digital, so you just have it on your phone, so you flash that, and the parameters of it can be uh, threefold. Basically, it'll show that you're vaccinated, so the green passport that they're wanting to pass, as we'll speak in a moment, and take us to Italy is, uh, and they passed that, by the way, today, they made it a law, the Green Pass. So the Green Pass says that you're vaccinated or you have the positive antibodies from having COVID or you've just had a test, a COVID test within the last 24 hours. This is the kind of um, information and it has, it contains all your information. I don't know that, you know, I mean, talk about your privacy, does it tell them, I'm sure, where you live, what your phone number is, what your social security number is. There's a lot of parameters. And the problem, it, it's not so, I mean, fortunately for them, at least they're speaking about those who uh, have had COVID and have the antibodies, that that's one of the categories. But the, the thing is, is that this is a slippery slope. So if you accept this, this kind of violation into your medical personal history, which is really nobody's business but your own, you are now opening the doorway through this digital uh, passport for them to make that a bigger, more all-encompassing thing that it 
Uh, your finance is going to be connected to that, moving to a cashless society and all those different things. So it, it's not just this. It's like, where could that take us if we give up this personal liberty? So in Germany, it was a little heated here, even among the elderly speaking up, whether it was the peaceful people in Switzerland or the people that are really taking it to the streets in France. But check it out in Germany. Oh, the senior citizens are bringing it and telling the uh, police officers off about this. And they're all protesting for the same reason, this uh, feeling for the pressure that the government is putting towards vaccination or towards these the green passport to even have to give up your identification, put it in a digital form that anybody can scan and find out all about you. Now, uh, not only is that going on with the elderly, but listen to this clip uh, as we see a, a guy from Germany and then a guy from France. They're, they're, they're together, but they speak up just about uh, what they're protesting. What are they standing up for? Their civil liberties. Listen in. You've seen uh, these protests across Western Europe, in, particularly in France and Italy and here in Germany, as well as people are unhappy with COVID restrictions that are being put in place. And particularly when it comes to uh, requirements or potential requirements for what's being called the EU Green Digital Pass, a, a digital vaccine certificate, if you will. Now, those demonstrations across Western Europe, they turn nasty at times over the weekend. We are civilians. We just want our basic rights back. And they are the ones armed who are taking action against peaceful civilians. The Geneva Convention was passed in 1949, and they are negating it. I am here to defend freedom of speech because Emmanuel Macron is trying to stifle any kind of public speech into a pseudo-privilege called the sanitary pass, which is in fact a way to control people. Well, the EU Green Pass has caused much uproar, particularly in France, where over 200,000 people across the country came out onto the streets to vent their unhappiness. It was a much smaller affair here in Berlin, around 5,000 people coming out. So we have in Germany the people standing up. Once again, it's against the digital uh, EU Green Pass, which has to do with the vaccination identification. It's all about, it's all being enforced by COVID. COVID showed up uh, 18 months, 19 months ago. And as it has shown up, it has changed the face of the globe. It's changing around the world. It's not just in our backyard here in America or in the crazy things that are happening up north in Canada, but across the pond, it's good for us to weigh in and see that people are speaking up. People are taking their protests to the streets to let the government leaders know. The man in Paris was speaking about Macron, the president of uh, France, uh, him trying to uh, quell or squish any free speech, any dissent, uh, uh, from their narrative. And that's exactly what's happening in America with big tech and with what President Biden and, and the, the pressure to silence our voices, to silence us. And yet every healthy, liberated, vigorous 
group of people have the ability to exchange freely in the marketplace of ideas, different thoughts, dissenting thoughts, different points of view, disagreement. Yeah, we always want to keep it respectful, but it doesn't mean being a nice person does not mean I can't stand up for my rights. And it's kind of sad within the, the Christian community that obviously I'm uh, in and this is my calling in life to pastor people and love people and care about people. But there is this 11th commandment that somehow has, has stuck, snuck into the 10 commandments. And that 11th commandment is thou shalt be nice. And niceness means that you don't make a fuss, that you don't speak up. And that's just not true. Look at Jesus as he told the truth when he went into the house of the Lord in the temple and they were doing things that upset him. He flipped over the tables. He ran out the money changers. He uh, made a whip and drove them out. And they asked him where to get that authority to do that. And obviously, as uh, the disciples remembered a passage of scripture, that zeal for his house there was a zeal that he had for his father's house. And that's not nice. That's making a fuss. That's disrupting um, this, oh, let's just get along to go along. And there needs to be a change within the culture of people telling the truth and love, standing up for our, our liberty and our civil rights in America. But I have to just ask you, at what point, when your life is finally disturbed, will you speak up? What does it take? Well, we're seeing around the world the things this green pass is provoking people, and they realize the slippery slope that this digital footprint about who you are with all of your information is going to be now for everybody to read. You go into a, a bar, they scan that. You go into a restaurant, they scan that. The restaurant owners and the bar owners are coming to the streets because it's gonna affect their business. Well, in Italy today, today, they implemented August 6, 2021. Things will be much different for people in Italy from here on out. Watch this. Despite protests against it, the Italian government is making the Green Pass mandatory in more public spaces from September. Long-distance travel will require proof of vaccination or a negative test, and students and teachers can only return to schools and universities if they have the pass. The health minister says the government is doing its best to reopen schools safely in September and for classes to be in person. He says with this new law, a green pass will be compulsory as a requirement to access schools for all staff members. Starting today, the Green Pass, which contains a QR code with the personal information of every citizen, is compulsory to enter any restaurants or other closed spaces, including gyms, cinemas and theatres. Heavy fines are planned for those who won't respect the rule, between 400 and 1,000 euros. It won't be just this paper format that will be available, but also a digital version. 
So here's this QR pass, all your information's on that. Even though people are marching in the streets, they passed it, there won't be somebody teaching or there won't be somebody, you won't be able to go to school, you won't be able to go into a bar, a gymnasium, uh, go to a movie theater, none of those things without that. And granted, because all the parameters are still there, if you're not vaccinated, or if you have the antibodies because you've recovered from COVID, or you just have a negative test. But once again, these steps become the doorway with a good plan to take it to a bad place. Because once that information and you're able to be uh, tracked, um, it, just, it just feels like a violation to a free people. It feels like something like, I don't want you in my business. And government that starts to get in your business actually begins to affect you in a way that you want to speak up and talk about it. Now, we just uh, journeyed. We went through Italy. We went through France. We went through Switzerland. We went through Germany. Yet, shockingly, as a matter of fact, a couple of things I'm going to share with you here, this second clip in just a moment. And it's a longer clip because as the information just keeps rolling out, to hear the rhetoric about COVID as if it is some type of bubonic plague that uh, is annihilating people rather than just a flu, a common flu for those. If you don't have underlying health issues and you're uh, under 65, it's, I mean, you're going you're gonna to get sick, but you're going to recover. Here in our own country, it's 99.5% recovery rate. And when you hear that, and that number should just be flashing in your head the entire time that you hear people that are fear-mongering or trying to terrify you or say that there's some kind of doomsday because these uh, virus counts of positive tests are, are going up, realize Imagine us doing that for the last 100 years for the flu, for a cold, for just, I mean, anything. And yet they're acting, honestly, like this is a plague from hell that is going to devastate the population. And it's just not reality. It's just not science. It's not, I mean, yes, it's a sickness. You have to wonder after I watch this whole thing that we're going to roll out, wait for it, it's coming, in Australia, you have to wonder, wouldn't it be better just to let the seasonal flu sickness come through and focus on those who are vulnerable, make sure they get the right kind of uh, therapeutics and medicine to treat them and let it roll through and let your people be free? It's not some big death sentence for all of your population or half of your population or 20% of your population or 10% of your population, there's gonna be a 99.5. So 0.5 of, the, of your population will be affected because their health is usually compromised. But that happens every year during the flu season, influenza and pneumonia, every single year. We've discovered that COVID-19 is an accelerant to people that have compromised health conditions. But for healthy people, they recover, they have the antibodies, they move on. Well, first of all, the Aussies down under are tracking people through all of this digitally, not with face recognition, but body recognition with 
a six-foot margin for them to be separated, and that if they violate that, this uh, visual tracking. Check this out. Griffith University researchers creating a computer program that can be linked up to security cameras. It identifies human shapes, monitoring how close together they are. Privacy was paramount in this week-long trial, so no one was identified. People are represented as dots on a screen. Their IDs are not recorded. Green means social distancing is being adhered to. Red is a breach. So not only can businesses see when there are breaches, they can also identify spaces within venues where rule-breaking takes place, where more signage or physical barriers are needed. We can start looking at possibility of rearranging the areas or putting different furnitures and different things like that so that it will be possible for them to manage the space a bit better. Researchers say this technology could have real-world applications not just at airports but at shopping centres and other high-density public spaces. Social distancing is such a big scary thing with people with the flu. And common colds. Now we might say with our coworker that comes to work, hey man, stay back jokingly. But honestly, we realize that viral things, unless you stay at home, isolate yourself, and become depressed, uh, if you're gonna be around people, you're going to be having exposing your body to immune system sickness. Uh, viruses, various things, which actually stimulate your immune system. Then you get an acquired immunity as your immune system works with it. It's just called healthy living. You become, have a very robust immune system. This next segment is rather long. I, it's granted. It's about nine minutes long. But the content, and I'll just mention some of the things that they say them so casually that it's, uh, I watched this, I was speechless. All the way through it, I was speechless, not only at their rhetoric about how terrifying this is, but what they're doing to their citizens down under. Watch this. Good afternoon. We start in Queensland, where as of an hour ago, the entire southeast has gone into their strictest lockdown so far. Adam Hegarty is in Brisbane for us this afternoon. Adam, just tell us what triggered this. Well, Alicia, all six of today's new cases are the feared and highly infectious Delta strain. That's the variant that's ravaging Sydney at the moment. So that is a huge factor. And look, to break down the new infections, we need to talk about yesterday's positive case. That's a 17-year-old student at Indrapilly State High School. That's where we've seen huge testing lines today. It's been the epicentre, dare I say, uh, for the response to this new outbreak. Now, four of today's six new cases are that student's direct family members who she lives with at Turinga. Two parents and two siblings. There's a fifth case at another school, Ironside state school a teacher because one of those siblings goes to school they're infected that teacher now the sixth case is the one of most concern it's a medical student who tutors a 17 year old so it's believed she's the so-called index case who infected that family and the concern there is she's been to a lot of different locations including major hospitals I expect there are going to be an enormous number of exposure sites all through Brisbane and probably as well through the Sunshine Coast and further. And have a look at these images here, panic buying, very quickly rearing its ugly head again. And of course, as always is the irony here, that is one of the essential reasons why people will still be able to leave their home for the duration of this snap three-day lockdown. But what makes this the toughest ever lockdown here in Queensland is for the first time ever, we have a kilometre rule. So healthcare, going for exercise, 
and going for shopping can only be done within 10 kilometres of your home. We just can't afford to slip up. We need this to work and we need everyone doing the right thing. And Alicia, as you say, only an hour into lockdown here in the main mall at Queen Street. Still a few people wandering around, so that message still does need to get through, but much quieter than normally would be on a Saturday, that's for sure. That is good to see. All right, Adam, thank you very much for that. Meantime, Sydney is still struggling to control its outbreak, especially in the city's west and southwest. Lizzie Pearl has more. Well, there have been 210 new cases recorded in New South Wales in the last 24 hours. That's from almost 106 thousand tests. What started on the 16th of June in Bondi has now spread to more than 3,000 people. Sydney's west and southwest is still where most of the cases are. In the last 24 hours, 81 people have tested positive from southwest Sydney, 72 in western Sydney. Those areas are now spending their first weekend under the harshest lockdown Sydney has ever seen. Masks compulsory at all times outdoors while travelling more than 5 k's from your home is banned. Leaving the house to get vaccinated is allowed, and today at three pharmacies in Cabramatta, the line to get COVID shots was long, but locals didn't seem to mind. There are more than 200 people being treated in the state's hospitals for COVID at the moment. Two-thirds of them are under the age of 40, while 10 people in the ICU are aged in their 20s and 30s. The virus is going around at homes and also in the workplace. At Mancini's wood-fired pizza in Belfield, eight staff are now positive, while a freight company in Sydney southwest has 24 confirmed cases. One note of concern for health authorities is keeping track of people's movements. Today, contact tracers confirmed 21 people were in the community the whole time they've been infectious. But there is a further 120 people still under investigation. That is, contact tracers don't know if they've been out and about spreading the virus or not. The health minister says it is proving difficult piecing together the movements of so many people. Translators are involved in trying to do that health detective work, while the Navy is being called in for backup. I met last week actually with the senior people amongst the tracer team and the case interviewers. Um, what they were indicating was translation is an issue for us. We need to have translators, and we do have them, of course. And we have the need in some cases to revisit on multiple occasions. And one interview with one person can take, over a period of time, up to eight hours. Meantime, at Bondi, seven bars have been banned from selling takeaway drinks for the next seven days. That is because health authorities have deemed the lockdown habit, the nightly walk and stroll with a cocktail in hand, well, simply, it doesn't pass the pub test. And in one of the largest New South Wales police operations, thousands of officers have descended onto the streets of Sydney to prevent an anti-lockdown protest. Ellie Walsh is in the city this afternoon. Ellie, it all began this morning with multiple checkpoints. Alicia, we have never seen anything like this. Police warned they'd be present. Today, they were impossible to miss. They were everywhere, 1,300 men and women in blue, essentially locking down Australia's biggest city. There were checkpoints on nearly every single major arterial road heading into the CBD. Motorists were pulled over and asked where they lived and why they were on the road. Train stations also surrounded. Taxis and Ubers banned from picking up passengers and taking them into the city. There were plainclothes detectives, mounted police, highway patrol and more than 1,300 officers patrolling across our streets.
it's significant. Uh, and if we don't see scenes that uh, we saw last week, that's a great outcome for us. And those resources uh, can be used elsewhere. Now, there had been concerns that groups may splinter off and protest in separate parts of the city, in Sydney's west and Sydney's southwest. Any attempts of that today were thwarted by police. The commissioner today applauding the unprecedented police effort, labelling it a success. Alicia? OK, Ellie Walsh there in Sydney, thank you. A new Tier 1 exposure site has emerged in Melbourne after a positive case visited a Woolworths. Emily Rice has the latest. Victoria has recorded another two COVID cases. Fortunately, both are linked to the current outbreak. But one of the infected individuals was out in the community. He visited Woolworth Doncaster Devon Plaza on Wednesday morning. This morning, the supermarket was closed and shoppers turned away. Obviously, we want everyone who's been there potentially exposed to uh, quarantine now and get tested. Reassuringly, health officials have traced the acquisition of his infection. He is a workmate of a traffic controller at Mooney Valley Testing Facility who tested positive to coronavirus three days ago. This case shared a car ride after work with the previously announced case. The other new infection, a Newport apartment resident, was already quarantining and is also linked to the existing cluster. It is uh, not something to panic about or to be overly anxious about. Given the severity of the COVID situation in Sydney and now Queensland, Victoria's Chief Health Officer has announced a slight change to the dose interval for the Pfizer vaccine. The second dose was being given to people three weeks after their first dose. From next week, the second shot will be administered six weeks after the first dose. One dose does give you strong protection, uh, protection especially against COVID illness and against hospitalisation. For those who have their second dose already booked in, there's no need to change your appointment. Just go ahead as planned. National Cabinet has agreed to further ease restrictions once 70 and then 80% of the eligible population is vaccinated. Fiona Willen explains. Around 18% of eligible Australians have had both doses of their COVID vaccine. So that means around 10 million more need to be fully vaccinated before we can reach a target of 70% of the population. So that's where we need to get to uh, in order to progress to the next stage of easing restrictions. National Cabinet has agreed to a four-phase reopening plan attached to vaccine targets. So we're currently in phase A. In phase B, at 70% vaccination, more Australians can return from overseas uh, because international passenger caps will return to their previous levels. Restrictions would ease for vaccinated residents and lockdowns would only happen in extreme circumstances. While there's no timeline attached to this plan, the government appears confident that we can reach that target this year. Uh, we absolutely have the vaccine supply, the distribution channels to be able to hit those targets this year. The government hasn't set uh, set timelines and targets. It used to do that and it didn't meet any of them. To get to phase C, we need to hit a vaccination target of 80%. So that's when we would see an end to city-wide lockdowns. Uh, if they did happen, they would be highly targeted. For example, they may be used to protect a vulnerable community. Our vaccinated residents would also be exempt from domestic restrictions and there would be no caps on returning vaccinated Australians. International borders will reopen in the final stage of the plan, but there's no target set for that yet, and that has some very worried. The tourism industry is largely in lockdown until the international borders open We have, and we have domestic certainty. 
The tourism industry says that even if lockdowns end, it will need more support if international borders don't reopen soon. Well, keep watching if you want to hear about how a country shuts down with the concern. I don't know if you picked up on it. Obviously, Australia is a smaller nation. I think it's about 35 million people. But the numbers when they found in Victoria that they found two cases out of 106 cases in a different district, they had 210 cases from those tests, 106,000 tests. 210 positive results from that. They had restrictions on, in one district, you couldn't travel more than uh, 10 kilometers. In another one, you couldn't travel more than five kilometers. But when you saw the 1,300 police officers come out and shut down a city and ask every single car that was coming in on the major roads into the community and to say, where do you live and why are you on the road? And all of this because of a flu. A flu. Did I say this? It was a cold. It was a flu. Unless you have underlying health issues, this is not a scary thing. And yet, the mask, the rhetoric, did you hear they have health detectives and they have tracer teams that will trace people they said they need more personnel because one person that seems to be the, uh, if you're an index person, you're the starter or they, they trace upstream and they find out you're the person that contaminated or basically uh, the contagious individual, that through multiple interviews, you could be interviewed up to eight hours. An interrogation about a virus that you, it's not like boy, by choice, I now am maliciously going out and, con and being contagious to everybody. It's like, I got a cold, I got a flu. In some cases you're asymptomatic, so you don't even know. And so this is so unbelievable to me. It, was, it's, it, it makes me so speechless that these seven bars were closed down because people could not order takeaway drinks go there and just to walk there and then to walk home was a violation of their health parameters. Now we know that COVID does not transfer well outside. How do you remove a nation's, all of its liberties, all of its freedom based upon a virus? I mean, it's just a common sense question. But wouldn't it be better to let the annual virus go through, whether it's COVID-19, the Delta variant, whatever variant's going to happen after that? How many variants will there be of the corona strain? My understanding is, I'm not a scientist, but every year for the annual influenza season, it is a corona variant. And as it moves through, people get sick. People go to the hospital, people get pneumonia, and people pass away that are in vulnerable health situations. Are we really going to become a global society that actually thinks that by taking all the liberty away from our people that we can stop sickness, that we can stop 
a variant that we can stop the flu or a cold in its virus form. Even the mask, as we shared on our last edition, do not work that well to keep viruses out. And we cited the Danish study that was in real time last year in the height of the COVID-19 pandemic, how the mask did not even work that well. Well, let's just push it to a new level. Now on my phone, I'm gonna to have to have a digital QR that tells you everything about me. Because you see, if I can fill you with fear and I'll promise you safety, I'll give up my liberty if I don't know what I'm doing. I would think that the people, because I think the people in Australia and New Zealand are especially nice. They're very nice and they don't want to make a ruckus. So they're going to comply with their government. They're going to let them do this. But once government gets a taste for this kind of control and power, Government should do what it can do, but it should leave individual liberties. If somebody wants to get a vaccine, they get it. They don't want to get it, they don't need to get it. They want to wear a mask, they can wear a mask. They don't want to wear a mask, they don't have to wear a mask. They want to travel, they can travel. Why should I have to tell you where I'm going? Why should I have to tell you where I live if I'm just out and about because you're not going to stop the virus or the flu or the Delta variant by keeping people within a 5 kilometer or 10 kilometer space from your house. It's unbelievable. There is a certain point in the future where people will go beyond protesting and they will cry out for deliverance from psycho dictators, health officers that think they're going to rescue an entire population from the common cold and the common flu. It'll come sooner or later. You know, when you feel that burden and liberty is taken away, what has happened in our nation here back in America, coming back from our global travel and the land down under back to America, we are a liberty-loving free people. And when government overreaches, we want to push back. I can imagine the groaning that went on under the tyranny of Pharaoh back in the book of Exodus, Chapter 1, verse 8, we see the source that the new king, the new leadership that showed up, they didn't know about Joseph and they didn't know about the blessing and the liberty that he brought to save the Mediterranean through God's help. It tells us now there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. And he said to his people, look, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply and it happen in the event of war that they also join our enemies and fight against us. And so go up out of the land. Therefore, they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with their burdens. It's interesting here in the United States of America, if we are a dissenting voice and we stand up and we protest, somehow we're viewed as extremists or domestic terrorists, because that's how they're labeling us. They have a new generation has arisen, even as our President Biden has said that the Constitution is, is not a solid document. It's, it's not immovable. It's not absolute. He, the, the progressive left wants to rewrite the Constitution. 
they don't believe in the Constitution because they are a generation that has been raised up that has not known the Joseph of our land. They haven't known the George Washingtons or the um, Alexander Hamiltons or the Benjamin Franklins or the Thomas Jeffersons or the people that were coming out of tyranny and pushed back through the revolution. They have lost sight of that. And the progressive left has seized power and they are now cramming this stuff down America's throats. Unbelievable. They have no regard for the Constitution. They have no regard for liberty. And they are terrified. And so they want to fill everybody with fear and take away your rights and promise you safety. If you want to stay in a house and never pay rent again, that's okay. They'll let you do that. If, they, if you just want to be homeless and they'll give you a paycheck, that's okay. They have no idea how to manage anything. They've never been in business because they wouldn't know how to run a business. They get into government and they ruin the nation that they're governing. Wow. Unless Americans stand up and those who remember our history, because history does matter, and our forefathers were on to something with this incredible constitutional republic here in the United States of America. Well, there comes a point when that tyranny and these new leaders come in that have forgotten our founders, our forefathers, and the liberty that that brings, as we see in Exodus chapter 3, the Lord finally hears the cry of the people for liberty. It says, The Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. And to bring them up from that land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? Don't you feel a bit like Moses? We see the children of Israel in this picture. They're oppressed by Pharaoh and God sees it and God hears it because they had been praying to him. Many of us have been praying, Lord, help us in our nation. Bring our nation to repentance. Lord, bring us back into a saving grace in relationship with you. You said, Lord, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and turn and pray and turn from their wicked ways, I will come and heal their land. Lord, we're crying out to you for the United States of America. We see the incredible destruction that's going on. But we're praying that. And then the Lord comes to you and me, just average people. And he says, hey, why don't you speak up? Why don't you stand for liberty? Why don't you be a voice for me? in your family, in your neighborhood, at work, in your community. And we go like, well, who am I? I'm nobody. I, I'm not qualified to do anything. Lord, I love you and I love our nation, but Lord, why me? It took some convincing, but the Lord finally brought Moses around and God used Moses in a powerful way. And I just want to encourage you that God wants to use you. God's no respecter of persons. Just average people like you and I observing things, not only through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, but with common sense, logic, rationale. And we look at all of this world scene and we go, really? 
Is this what things are coming to? Are people this irrational? I mean, sometimes it takes us getting provoked to be able to be motivated into a course of action that will actually help and rescue our nation. Right now in the state of California, we are praying. Next month, we have a recall of a governor that is off the rails. We're praying. We want to see him recalled. We want to see somebody else get in there that has a little bit more common sense. But we're in real trouble, folks, here in the state of California because in the Congress of the state, the state Congress, they have a supermajority. They have the executive branch, the governorship. They have a supermajority in the House and the Senate, and they have the courts of the land because it is a nation. But more importantly, in our backyard in California, it is a state that has turned its back on God. And you go from liberty in a relationship with God and in a nation into a place of oppressive dictatorship. And that's where the state of California is. The progressive left is a one-party system for this whole state. California, Oregon, Washington, the entire West Coast has turned its back on Judeo-Christianity, upon this constitutional republic, and they have lost their minds. And those who are still in these three states on the West Coast are saying, Lord, hear our cry. Lord, raise up leaders for us that have common sense, logic, a heart for you, a moral compass, good people to lead people into a place of liberty. Well, that's my desire. I pray it's your desire too. Here at Vintage McCoy, till next time, Rick Brown. God bless. Hey guys, thanks for watching. For more information, head over to vintagemccoy.com or follow us on Instagram at the Vintage McCoy. We'll see you there.